Hey there, and welcome back to By His Grace Marriage Ministry Podcast. My name's Amanda, and shalom to all of you. Welcome back. So I have a pretty important word today, and I'm going to jump right in because I am praying that I have enough time to address the six different things that I want to talk about within this word. And I only have an hour, so I'm hoping that I'll be able to fit everything in. (laughs) by his grace. All right, so today's message is about false doctrines and teachings surrounding marriage, surrounding godly marriage, surrounding set-apart marriage, or surrounding marriage ordained by Yah, however you want to look at it. But I want to really dive into this because this has been a topic that has been popping up quite a bit. And I was actually talking with a friend earlier today and yesterday about this, this subject And she was informing me about, you know, the things that she's seen within the body. And I'm just absolutely appalled and have, you know, a sense of righteous anger at the things that I'm hearing. And I've, I've known about this for a while, which is what really ignited the fire within me to have this ministry, this marriage ministry is to really, it's to help people prepare for their marriages or to help them if they're struggling in their marriages, but also to bring truth. I want to shed light on what the truth truly is surrounding marriage and topics like, you know, divorce and remarriage and how you are truly to get married and all of these things. And I've actually discussed all of these things throughout the podcast. There are seven seasons now. And so, of course, I've talked about these topics, but I really um, in today's message, I want to go over, um, I believe it's six. Yes, six uh, main areas or topics that a lot of people have in error. They're teaching these false doctrines, these false messages, and they're sharing with people things that are not correct concerning these six different areas surrounding marriage. And so this is something that I really want to talk about. So I'm going to dive right in because, again, I don't have a lot of time, and I want to be sure that I'm able to say everything I need to say um, concerning each of the six areas that I have listed. Okay. So again, I'm going to be talking about false doctrines and teachings surrounding marriage. Okay. Ordained by Yah or marriage, you know, set apart marriage, godly marriage, however you want to look at it. Okay. So I'll grab my notes here. Okay. So the first thing that I want to address, and this really comes from Christianity. Okay. And I see it in other places as well, but this mainly comes from Christianity and it is the name it and claim it doctrine. Okay. So this name it and claim it doctrine applies to everything, but I'm going to talk about how it applies to marriage. So what's going in is that, or sorry, not what's going in. (laughs) What's going on is that a lot of singles are being taught that instead of praying for their spouses, they're doing this name it and claim it thing. So there are a lot of people that are going on YouTube. And I've talked about this before. These marriage words, these marriage prophetic words, these people that are claiming to have ministries, these people that are claiming to have these channels. And what they're essentially doing is they're making money off of it. Right? People are sowing seeds on these prophetic words that are being given, right? They're giving money based off what these people are saying which majority of the time probably isn't even true. But this name it, claim it doctrine that's going around with marriage is that, you know, people are being taught and told to, you know, oh, I'm going to get married this year in Jesus' name, right? They're naming and claiming it. And here's the thing, that is such an error because you don't name and claim those types of things. It's whatever that Yah has planned for you. So if Yah is calling you into marriage, that's the first thing. Is he calling you into marriage or is he not? Because if he isn't, you don't have a right to name and claim it. Now you can go in your own free will and marry who you want, but you cannot go to, to Yah essentially and say, God, this is what I want. And I'm naming it and claiming it. And by this year, I'm going to be a wife. By this year, I'm going to be a husband. Number one, Yahuwah is not a genie. And we have no right to name and claim things. We are already undeserving as it is of a lot of what Yah has for us. That's why it's such a gift that we have grace. But this whole name it and claim it thing is is very much an error. And I see this a lot with marriage, especially with singles. 
you know, and I've seen it on YouTube. I have seen it where, you know, these people give these words, they tickle the ears of people that they know want to hear these things. And people will get so caught up into it. They're like, yes, amen, you know, here's $10. And yes, I'm going to be a missus by the end of this year. And, you know, they're doing this name it and claim it thing. They're not even praying and asking Yah what his will is for their lives. You know, they're not even thanking him in advance for what he is going to give them. And, and, and even just saying, you know, Yah, I am so undeserving of these gifts. But thank you anyways. And whatever happens, your will be done. However it happens, whenever it happens, your will be done. But there's this, there's this doctrine going around, this name it and claim it doctrine. And another thing that's really big in Christianity is this like wealth prosperity thing going on here. It's crazy to me. And it's just like, wow, what, like, do people not see what's going on here? You know, it, it almost sounds like, like a cross into fortune telling and, and Torah readings, you know, the Torah cards or however you call it, right? It's, it's crazy to me when I hear these people saying this, um, you do not name and claim a marriage. You do not name and claim somebody. And just because you're doing it in the name of Jesus, it does not, that's insane to me. First off, if you're in, if you're in Yahuwah's will for your life, it is whatever he has for you. And it's, it's when he wants to give it to you and how he wants to give it to you. Because remember, we don't even deserve it. It is by his grace that we receive these things. And whatever his will is for us, not because we name it and claim it. That has to stop. And I see so many singles doing this. And even married people, you know, they'll do this with different things. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, be this far in my career by this time. Or I am going to have that big house that I've always wanted. And I am, you know, no, this is such a false doctrine that's being taught. And a lot of it comes from Christianity. A lot of it comes from mainstream Christianity this whole name it and claim it thing. So that, that has got to stop. (laughs) Um, every time I hear this, it literally turns my stomach. I'm like, Oh my gosh, what is going on? So I want to share that. I wanted to be the first one because I didn't have a whole lot to say on that. Other than this is a false doctrine. We have no right to name and claim anything. Whatever Yahuwah has for us, he will give to us by his grace in his timing, in his way. We are undeserving of these gifts as it is. And we need to just be thankful um, and trust in him and pray about these things, but not name it and claim it as if he's some genie or something like that, you know? And again, like I've said in a recent episode, stop following these YouTube channels. Stop following these people that claim to have prophecies and you're sowing seeds, you're paying them, you're literally giving money to these people to tell you what you want to hear. They're tickling your ears, okay? These are false prophets and false teachers. Stop following them. All right, the second thing that I want to talk about is polygamy or bigamy in marriage, okay? Believe it or not, there are a lot of religions out there that are practicing polygamy. Within the Torah community, there are people, and and I've been finding this out this past year, that the Torah community I'm really starting to back away from because there's a lot wrong there as well. But, um... Because it's found in the Torah and because so many people had multiple spouses, there are literally Torah observant people that are saying that polygamy is not not a sin. And so I want to correct this. And I can't remember if this is something I've actually addressed or not within my ministry. And if I haven't, I'm, I'm glad I'm doing it now. I haven't had anybody ask me about this, but I want to clarify this, okay, because I I have heard of people in the Torah community, and I've seen it in other religions, where they feel that because in those times people had multiple spouses, that it's not sinful, and that it's okay for us to have multiple spouses. So first and foremost, number one, it's illegal in our country. <laughs> I don't know about other countries, but it's illegal in the United States. Okay, um, I think that's what bigamy is, is when you're married to somebody when, while you're still legally married to somebody else. Okay, so even within our country's eyes and within their laws, it's illegal. You can literally go to jail for that. Okay, so I just want to throw that out there. Um, okay, so 
I'm going to try to explain this the best that I can of, of why we know that polygamy was never a part of Yahuwah's plan, okay? So when we look at the first marriage, we know that the first marriage was is Adam and Eve, okay? And I have mentioned this, this part before. You know, Yahuwah created Adam and then he created Eve from Adam, okay? Yahuwah did not take, you know, three ribs from Adam and create and form three different women. And then bring these three different women to Adam and say, you can either choose one or you can take all three to be your wives. Yahuwah did not do that. He took one rib from Adam, he formed Eve and presented Eve to Adam. And they became one flesh, Genesis, Genesis 2.24. And the man shall leave his mother and father and shall be, shall be joined or cleave to his wife. Okay, now here's this, here's the next thing. Notice in the scriptures when it says he shall leave his mother and father and be joined or cleave to his wife. Notice that the word wife is singular. It's not plural. It doesn't say that a man shall leave his mother and father and be joined to his wives. It's not plural. It's singular. So right there, that's how we know that Yahuwah ordained a marriage to be one man and one woman union ordained by him but it's one man to one woman okay polygamy if i remember correctly if, if memory serves me right that actually started with lamech i believe he had two wives now where a lot of people think that polygamy is okay is because a lot of people had more than one wife and they feel that Yahuwah never did anything about it. Well, first off, we don't know that. Scriptures were silent about a lot of things, I'm finding. The second thing is we see it right there in the beginning that Yahuwah always meant for marriage to be one man and one woman. That's it. That's it. Even Yeshua in the book of Matthew and Mark, right, because it's repeated twice, where... Um, they were asking him about, you know, marriage and divorce and things like that. And Yeshua says, right, he repeats Genesis 2.24. And then he also says that whoever Yahuwah joins together, let no man separate, right? So we have to look at that in the very beginning, Yahuwah ordains a marriage covenant to be one man and one woman. It does not say that a man shall leave his mother and father and be joined to his wives, it says a man shall leave his mother and father and be joined to his wife or cleave to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. Also, that's another thing. It says the two shall become one flesh. It doesn't say the three shall become one flesh. The four shall become one flesh and so on and so forth. It says the two become one flesh. So Yahuwah always ordained for the marriage covenant to be just two people, a man and a woman. Okay. Just because these things took place in those times doesn't mean Yah was happy with it. Remember, we are in sin. From from Adam and Eve, we are in sin. So we did many things that were sinful and unpleasing to Yah. Another thing too that I want, that I want to clarify because people have a tendency to mix this up is there's a difference between being becoming a widow or a widower where your spouse passes and then you remarry or divorcing and remarry and then there's polygamy where you're married to more than one person at the same time there is a difference okay being divorced and getting remarried is not the same as polygamy becoming a widow or a widower where your spouse passes and then you remarry is not polygamy polygamy is when you are married to more than one spouse at the same time so i want to clarify that so Polygamy is not okay. That is a false doctrine. If you hear people saying it's okay to be married to more than one person, they did it in the Torah, they did it in the Bible, and this and that and the next thing, it's false. It's error. It is absolute error. Yahuwah always intended for the marriage to be one man and one woman covenant. It says so in scripture. Okay? So polygamy is a no. Polygamy is a false doctrine being taught out there by many different religions and even by people within the Torah community because, oh, it was in the Torah, so it's okay to do it. No, it's not okay to do it. It's a false doctrine and false teachings. 
Okay, the third one that I want to clarify that's being taught out there and has become a false doctrine is people are saying that the first person you sleep with automatically becomes your spouse. Boy, this one, (laughs) I mean, they all get me really upset, but this one just is so ridiculous. It really, really is. Um, And I've actually talked about this before, but I'm going to go ahead and explain it again. Okay, so first things first, where people get confused is I have talked about how Yahuwah seals a marriage in his eyes and what becomes valid to him. And I've explained this. When you, we are to get married under Yah and getting married under Yah is not at all what our world and society and culture portray today or Christianity or any other religions. Okay, it's not about having to get married in a church. It's not about being ordained by people that carry titles and all these kinds of things. Um, Even though the Bible doesn't specifically talk about how we are to marry, which is another clue, there are clues throughout the Bible. And the thing is, is that the way that people get married under Yah is what seals their union, okay, is the consummation. For those of you that don't know what consummation means, it means intimacy. It means when you make love for the first time with with that person. And essentially, that's what the two becoming one flesh also means it means the physical union of the husband and wife okay now of course this is all being said within the context that you were brought together by yah you were you two were ordained by yah now when it is two people that are coming together that are outside yah's will it's an adulterous relationship so adulterous relationship i used to think was only when one person was seeing another person that was already in a relationship or married. That's not all that adultery is. Adultery in Yah's eyes is being with anybody who is not your spouse, okay? Anybody. So if we only have one person for us, that means that all of these other people that we have a potential to hook up with, it's an adulterous relationship, okay? So when you are in these relationships, when you are in these counterfeit relationships, these adulterous relationships, when you sleep with them, essentially what you're doing is you're creating an ungodly soul tie, which is demonic. This now gives Satan access to come into your lives, both both people that are involved. And now you have a soul tie with this person that is really hard to then break off. That's why... Even though Yahuwah created the, um, the act of sex or lovemaking, it actually becomes a sin. I've had people ask me if it was created by, by Yah and it's a gift, why is it a sin? It's a sin because if, when it's used outside of marriage, it destroys people's lives. Ma- um, not marriage. Uh, sex is powerful. And Yahuwah created it for the purpose, two reasons. To bond a husband and wife or essentially glue them together to become one flesh okay and to show love and to procreate when it's used you know incorrectly and outside of a marriage union that he's joined together it destroys lives and it's powerful it becomes this thing essentially becomes sin it becomes immorality and what it does is you create an ungodly soul tie so what i'm trying to say is when you're with the person that Yah has called you to be with and you come together you are now married. You have uh, sealed your marriage union in Yah's eyes. When you are doing this with anybody that is not your spouse, what you've done is you've now created an ungodly soul tie. It does not in any way mean that this person is now your spouse. And now you have to stay with them. That's not at all what that means. So this, this false teaching, this false doctrine that, that people are going around saying that, oh, if you, you know, the, the very first person you slept with, that's your spouse. That's a false doctrine. It's lies and it's an error. All you've done is you've created an ungodly soul tie and you've committed a sexual sin. That's all that that has done. So I wanted to clarify that as well. And again, if if anybody has any questions in regards to these things, please feel free to email me and I'd be happy to discuss these things with you or whatever questions that you have. Okay, so the fourth one is about divorce and remarriage. And, you know, obviously I've talked about this a lot throughout my podcast, 
You know, I want to talk about the false doctrines and teachings that surround this topic because, boy, is there, there's a lot of them. You know, you have a lot of people from different religions saying that divorce and remarriage is an abomination to Yah and this and that and the next thing. And there's something that people need to understand. You know, and I understand what scriptures are going by. I know that Yah hates divorce, but this is something that people need to understand. And I've explained this before. In the book of Matthew and Mark, because it's repeated again in Mark, when Yeshua is talking about marriage, divorce, and, and remarriage and things like that, right? There's a clue. There's, there's something that gives us a better understanding of this, okay? He says, who Yahuwah, right, or God, what, depending on what translation you read, brings together or joins together, let no man separate. So right there is our answer, Okay who Yah brings together. Not who you thought was right for you, not who your friend said you should hook up with, not who your family said you should be with, not who you chose out of your own free will and your flesh based off of whatever that it was because you thought they're cute, you're attracted to them, the sex is good, whatever, okay? It clearly says, who Yah joins together, let no man separate, okay? So when it comes to divorce and remarriage, and I've explained this many times. There are many relationships that have come together outside of Yah's will. And these, some of these people are believers, okay? These people, sometimes they choose this in their own free will or the enemy traps them. Remember, I've always said one of the biggest ways that the enemy traps people and stops them from stepping into their Yah-ordained marriages is by... Um, ensnaring them and trapping them into counterfeit relationships okay so in order for these people right because remember yah gives us grace okay if you're called into marriage and you've repented and you want to come out of that relationship or even that marriage because remember there are religions that teach that once you're married you are to stay married no if you are with the wrong person if it's a toxic relationship if if it's an abusive marriage no, you don't have to stay married to the person. And here's the thing. Yahuwah will have mercy and he'll have grace. And in order for him to deliver you out of that issue, out of that toxicity, out of that problem, and to bring you into what he has for you, the relationship has to break down. And if you married legally, okay, because it's not valid in Yah's eyes, I can tell you that. But if you married legally, you would have to get a divorce. There's no other way around it. But the thing is, is that when you turn from these ways, once you're delivered, you repent and you ask for forgiveness and Yah forgives you. Once that's all said and done, then, then he can move you into the, the relationship and marriage he's always had for you. And I hope this is making sense because a lot of people in the body are very confused about this topic. A lot of people have been stuck in toxic and abusive relationships for, for years because they have religious people telling them, if you marry them, you have to stay married. No. That's not the Elohim we serve. It's just not. I'm sorry. That whole thing, once you get married, you're, you're stuck in there. You have to stay in there no matter what. I We have heard how many times throughout decades... Have we heard of women dying because they stayed in abusive relationships because religious people, church people told them they had to stay in that relationship or that marriage, that it's their husband, they have to stay with him. And then the husband is, you know, free to do whatever he wants, free to cheat on her, free to beat her, free to do all these things. Come on, how many times have we heard of these stories that are true? No, my brothers and sisters, that's not the kind of Elohim that we serve, okay? He hates divorce when it has to do with the marriages he brings together. Then when you are married with the person that he has ordained for you, okay, then that's where we shouldn't divorce them. If there are problems, we take it to Yah and we work on it. If we need a separation, we can separate for a time to get the help we need and to pray and all those kinds of things. But that's where Yahuwah hates divorce. When he sees the relationships that he ordained together, being broken apart. That's where that scripture applies of Yah hating divorce. He's referring to the marriages, the unions he has called forth that he has brought together. And that's why Yeshua says, and around that same scriptures that I was referring to, 
that he says that you either reconcile, right? Or if you go apart or you separate, you don't go with anybody else. You go back to your spouse or you remain single. Once again, that applies to the marriages that Yah has called forth. Not these counterfeit relationships and marriages. Because remember, two things. Number one, Yahuwah is not um, obligated to bless anything that he did not put together and he is not a part of. Number two, we have to look at him as a parent, right? He's our father. So essentially, for those of you who are parents, as am I, we would never intentionally give our children something that we know would harm them. So in the same way, why would Yahuwah tell us you have to stay in this marriage even though it's toxic and it's abusive? He is a loving Elohim. He's a loving father. He's a merciful father. He's a, he's a gracious father. As long as we repent and turn from our ways, we learn our lesson from it, he will remove us from those things. It is absolutely toxic to think that we have to stay in an abusive marriage or a toxic marriage, especially if there's children involved. And yes, separation and divorce hurts children, but being in toxic and abusive home and things like that hurts them even more. It's crazy to me what these churches are telling people. I've heard of women dying because they stayed in marriages where their husbands were beating them because pastors and people in churches told them, it's your husband, you have to stay. And not only do you have to stay, you have to submit to him, which is going to be the, the last topic that I'm going to talk about, which is submission. And that's crazy to me. How can anybody think that we serve an Elohim, that our father is like that? The enemy wants to see us in those things, but not, not our father, not Yahuwah. So I want people to understand this because there's a huge false doctrine and teaching surrounding this topic. When relationships are not brought together by him, when he is not in the midst of them and it is completely outside his will, they can absolutely break down. And he is not obligated to hold them together. Especially if it's harmful to both people. Especially if it's toxic or abusive and serves no purpose whatsoever other than our flesh. So please understand that these churches and these religions and these people that are telling you that divorce and remarriage is an abomination to Yahuwah, it's not true. It's not true. It is if he ordained your marriage. Then it becomes an issue and you do need to repent for it as well. But when you're in a wrong relationship, when you're in a conflict relationship, it's toxic, it's abusive, it's destroying your life and all these things, you think the Father's just going to leave you in there? No. He will deliver you. He will redeem you. And again, as long as you repent and turn from those ways, you absolutely have an opportunity to step into the things He does have for you. But in order for that to happen, you have to come out of those things first. And again, I've talked about this topic quite a bit throughout my podcast. Um, I think I did a three-part series on the truth about uh, divorce and remarriage and things like that. And there's a lot of examples, too, in the scriptures. So if you want to hear more about that, go ahead and find those episodes. I think those are in season two or season three. I can't remember. But um, most of my titles pretty much explain what the episode is about. So you should be able to find it. Okay, if you can't, just send me an email and I'll help you out there. So... All right, I'm doing good on timing, so let me go ahead and move forward. All right, so the, the fifth one, and this is another false doctrine and teaching that comes out of mainly mainstream Christianity, okay? And it is, it's where they say that when you find someone and you marry them, then they become the right person for you. Oh boy, this this kind of falls under the same thing of the first person you sleep with becomes your spouse. (laughs) This just blows my mind. It really, really does. Um, Okay, so this is an absolute false doctrine. And this leads many people into counterfeit relationships and wrong relationships, okay? Because there's this thing where Christians and other people are saying that, oh, you go find the person you want, right? And then when you marry them, they become the right person for you or they become your soulmate. 
No. <laughs> please, please, please. I just talked about this recently. Please. If you are a true believer and if you are committed and surrender to Yah's will for your life, please do not go searching for your spouse. I've said this so many times in this podcast. If you are a man, your Yah-ordained wife will be presented to you in Yah's way and in, in, in his perfect timing. If you are a woman, you will be presented to your husband in Yah's perfect way and in his perfect timing. You do not, and I repeat, you do not have to go searching and looking for your spouse. You do not have to sign up on some kind of dating website. You do not have to go to friends or family members and ask them to hook you up with somebody they know of that's free and single and available. No. This is very, very, very false and in error. Please stop looking. And as a matter of fact, when you stop looking is when it comes. (laughs) If it's Yah's perfect timing. This whole thing of, oh, go out and find who you want. And when you find somebody you're attracted to and you think they're a good person and you guys have a lot in common, then when you marry, they become the right person for you. Where does that even come from? (laughs) Seriously? And brothers and sisters, the, the sad thing about this is so many people in the body, especially mainstream Christianity, are following this trend. They go searching for a mate, right? Someone, a, a, a prospect, so to speak, somebody that could possibly be their mate, right? And they'll date like three different people and see who they better get along with and this and that and that. Come on, we see this all the times in movies and shows and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, what are y'all doing? Number one, you right there are saying you don't even trust Yah for who he has for you. Because come on, people, I don't care what anybody says. If we are going to sit here and say that Yahuwah is sovereign, and once again, if you don't know what sovereign means, it means in control. If he is sovereign in every area of our life, okay, why would he not be sovereign in the area of who we marry? Please think about this. So why are these believers, these Christians, these Catholics, and things like that, and please understand when I say this, I mean no disrespect, okay, none whatsoever. Why are these people that follow these religions are saying, oh yeah, you know, father, you, you have control over my finances. You say what ministry I go into. You say what career I have. You lead me where you want me to be at. But when it comes to my spouse, I'm going to find her or I'm going to find him. And then when we marry, then, then you'll see we're right for each other. And I know that you'll bless our marriage. Once again, that brings us right back around to that name it and claim it crap. You know, I'm sorry. I get fired up sometimes because these things really upset me. <laughs> they really do. The, these things bother me so much because I'm like, what? What is going on? Then people wonder why they're either still single or they end up in these bad relationships every single time. It's going to sound corny, but it's true. Allow Yahuwah to write your love story. If he has marriage in mind for you, please understand that he's more than capable of selecting and choosing the right person for you. And and he does it for a purpose. There's a reason why he chooses you for your spouse and your spouse for you. I've said this a gazillion times. That whole name it, claim it thing, and then, oh, I'm going to go find somebody when I find somebody that I'm really attracted to, and they're great, and I can just totally see me having a life with this person, and then you get married, and then you're, and then that's it. They become your soulmate because you two got married, and more than likely, you probably got married the incorrect way on top of that. Remember, too, what I said just a little bit ago. Yahuwah is not obligated to bless any relationship that he had. He did not author. He had nothing to do with. If you took it upon yourself to go find somebody and marry them and things don't work out, do not turn around and be upset with the Father because you couldn't be patient and wait on him for who he had for you. Instead, you went and chose yourself. I'm sorry to burst people's bubble, but no. Just because you marry somebody does not make them the right person for you. It does not make them your soulmate. 
If Yah did not sign, seal, and deliver on that person, <laughs> no matter what you do, no matter what you say, the person's not right for you. No matter how hard you try, it's like trying to put on a shoe that you know is not your size, it's too small. No matter how long you try putting the shoe on, you're not going to fit it, my friend. You're not going to fit in that shoe. I've also said it this way. <laughs> I've also said it this way. It's like taking two puzzle pieces that absolutely do not go together and you're like trying to flip them and move them this way and that to make them go together. My friend, they're not going to fit together. They're not meant to fit together. So you can date whoever you want, choose the person, and then marry them, but it doesn't make them right for you just because you married them. Or because you guys had so much in common. Or because you guys are compatible. Or because, you know, um, your chemistry goes really well together. Or because the sex is really good, which you shouldn't even know whether the sex is good or not because that shouldn't even be taking place until after <laughs> so I'm sorry but no this is absolute false doctrine and teaching please 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 do not go by that wait on Yahuwah I'm telling you right now and I, am a, I can testify to it and I've seen it with other people if you are a man your wife that Yah has called for you, will be presented to you in his timing and his way. If you are a woman, you will be presented to the husband that he has for you in his way and in his timing. There is no searching. There is no choosing. There is no dating different people trying to figure out who is best suited for you. There is none of that. That is worldly secular stuff. Stop doing it. And in fact, when you do those things, you're blocking your yacht ordained marriage. You're blocking your spouse. When you are in a counterfeit relationship, you are blocking your spouse in your marriage. Stop doing these things. Stop doing this name it and claim it stuff. Stop, you know, searching for your spouse and then thinking that because you get married, they automatically become the right person for you. No, it's not. I'm sorry. Okay. So the last one that I want to talk about is submission. Now I had done an episode last night. Some of you probably noticed I went ahead and deleted it. And the reason why I did was because I was going to put it in this episode. I didn't want to repeat myself. And I just felt that it was best to be in this message uh, this evening. So submission, this is a huge one. This is a huge one. Uh, We find this in Ephesians chapter 5, starting at verse 22, where it says, Wives are to be submissive to their husbands as the Messiah is to the church. Husbands are to be uh, to love their wives unconditionally, okay? So this is a topic that many women are still very confused about. Many women don't know how to be submissive. There's a lot of false doctrine and teachings surrounding submission. So let me just share with you some of the things that I have heard and have been told. And I'm just like, my mouth drops open. I'm like, be serious, okay? There's literally women out there that are teaching that submission means that if your husband says jump, you ask him how high. There are, are people out there that are teaching that even if your husband beats you, you are still to be submissive to him. If your husband is asking you to sin, that you are still to be submissive to him. And I'm just like, I'm at a loss for words, as you can see. I'm like, wow, it kind of goes back to what I was saying with the whole divorce and remarriage topic, that there literally have been wives that have been told that if they don't stay with their husbands who are beating them or asking them to sin or they're toxic, that they will go to hell if they divorce their husband. So these two kind of go hand in hand with the submission thing. And I'm like, wow, this is so toxic and unhealthy. This is not good. And I can't believe that there are women and there are people out there that are teaching this. This is insane. I'm going to make this perfectly clear with all of my listeners. If any of you come to me for counsel and you tell me that you are experiencing some type of abuse in your relationship and you're a woman, I would never ever tell you that you still have to submit to your husband. If you come to me and you tell me that your husband is asking you to take part in some type of sin, which I'll get ready to share some examples here in a moment, 
I would never tell you that you have to submit to your husband. Okay? I'm going to make that clear. Okay? Now, I'm going to quickly explain what submission does not mean. And then I will explain what submission does mean. Okay? Now, for those of you that would like more detail, I have done an episode or two solely on this topic. Um, I believe the submission episode for wives, I believe, is in season one. I also have an episode for husband on how to, con- um, sorry, unconditionally love your wives. Okay. Uh, I think that's a three part series that I, three or four part series that I did, I believe in season one. Okay. So if you would like more information, please listen to those episodes. Okay. Okay. Wives and, and any, any husbands I've listening to so that you understand. Okay. Submission is not submitting to an abusive spouse. I repeat, submission is not submitting to an abusive spouse. What types of abuse are there? And this is something that I'm going to talk more about in my first episode of the series Boundaries coming next week, y'all willing. What are the types of abuse? There's physical abuse, There's verbal abuse, there's spiritual abuse, and there's mental, emotional abuse or psychological abuse. Take your, take your pick of whatever term you want to use. If you are experiencing any type of these abuses, you do not have to submit to that. If your husband is beating you, you do not have to submit to that. As a matter of fact, I would encourage you to seek help and separate for a time. I'm not saying divorce. But I would encourage you to seek help, especially if there's children, get you and your children out of there and seek the help that you need and pray that your husband will seek the help he needs. Okay? If your husband degrades you, okay, this is verbal abuse. If your husband degrades you, he yells at you, he screams at you, he shouts at you, you do not have to submit to that. If your husband is a narcissist, he manipulates you, he gaslights you, you do not have to submit to that. If he is committing spiritual abuse, you do not have to, to submit to that. What's, what's spiritual abuse? A couple of examples are he misuses his headship and authority. He becomes a tyrant. He misuses scripture. For example, if he says to you, I want sex and I want it now. I don't care how you're feeling. That's spiritual abuse. Because he could say, well, in scripture it says your body belongs to me. So I want it and I want it now. That's spiritual abuse. You do not have to submit to that. Okay, And again, I'm going to go more in detail on this topic of abuse, different types of abuse and things like that in the series boundaries. Okay. Okay. Next thing. Submission is not submitting to any kind of sin that your spouse is asking you to take part of. So for example, if you go to a store and maybe your husband doesn't have the amount of money that he thought he had. He wants something and he thinks it's okay to swipe it. Okay? If he swipes it or asks you to swipe it, you can absolutely say, no, I will not do that because it's sin. And if he says to you, I'm your husband, you do as I say. I'm the head of this household. I'm your covering. You can say, yes, you are, but you're asking me to sin and I do not have to submit to that. If your husband comes to you and says, I want a threesome, I want to bring somebody else into our marriage bed, you can absolutely say no, you do not submit to that. And can you believe that there are women that are out there that are teaching that if your husband wants to try different sexual experiences that are sinful, and I've, I've talked about this before, I've talked about what's considered sinful and what's okay to do in the marriage bed. If he's asking you to do stuff that you know is sinful, such as a threesome, because that's adultery, and you're also defiling your marriage bed, you do not submit to that. You do not have to submit to that. You can tell your husband no. And if he comes at you again with the scriptures, oh, your body belongs to me, this is what I want to do, you do what I say, I'm your husband. No, sir. Yes, you're my husband and I love you and I respect you, but I'm not going to do that. And you're disrespecting me right now by asking me to do something like that. You're asking me to sin. You're asking me to defile our marriage bed. You don't have to submit to that. You do not have to submit to that. If your husband comes home and once again abuses his headship, he comes home and demands 
dinner, he demands that you do every little thing for him. In a, in a tyrant way, in a very harsh way, in a very unloving way, you do not have to submit to that. There are women that will tell you that if your husband, again, says, you know, jump and you say how high. If your husband wants you to like, I don't know, something ridiculous, like wipe his nose for him or, you know what I mean? Or, you know, just silly things that he can really do for himself and he's doing it to take advantage of his wife. You do not have to submit to that, especially if you're busy. So like if you are, I don't know, let's just use this example. You're nursing one of your children, okay? You can't really get up. You can't really do anything. You're trying to feed your child and your husband sees this and he's like, hey, I want you to go up and get me something to eat. And you say to him, okay, honey, can you give me a little bit? I'm feeding the baby and I'd be happy to get you something to eat. And he comes out and says, no, do it now. And you say, honey, I'm feeding the baby. It would be very hard for me to do that right now. And he says, I don't care. Figure it out. But I want something to eat now. You do not have to submit to that. That's abuse. He's taking advantage of you. That is very cold and unloving and disrespectful. And here's the thing when it comes to this. It's a two-way street, okay? When you look at these scriptures that talk about submission and unconditional love in Ephesians chapter 5, and I've talked about this before, okay? It's easier for wives to submit to their husbands when their husbands are loving to them. And it's easier for husbands to love their wives unconditionally when their wives are submissive to them. But both spouses have to earn it. Husbands, you cannot expect your wife to be submissive to you and to respect you if you treat them like crap. And wives, you can't expect your husband to love you unconditionally and to want to do everything he can for you if you degrade them and disrespect them and all of these kinds of things, right? And I've talked about this in detail many times before. Now, let's talk about what submission, submission does look like, okay? It's really simple, women, okay? Submission is allowing your husbands to lead. If your husband is doing the best he can to lead and provide and protect, allow him to do so, Okay, submission is allowing your husband to make the major decisions surrounding your family, your spiritual lives, right? Your relationship with Yah and, and daily things. If he makes the money, allow him to make the decisions on where that money goes. Okay, you have to let your man lead. And you need to respect him. Wives, you cannot degrade your husbands. You cannot treat him like a little boy. You cannot treat him like crap. You cannot degrade him or throw stuff back in his face. If he is vulnerable with you and he opens up to you about things in his life, maybe mistakes he made, maybe things he fears or something like that, and then you throw that back in his face when y'all have an argument or something like that, or if he loses his job, and you become angry at him and out of anger you tell him god you're such a loser you can't even keep a job and this and that that is absolutely disrespecting and degrading your husband that is not okay when your husband does not deserve it and he's counting on you and he's looking at you as his rock and his support you do not degrade and disrespect your husbands men receive love out of respect that's why it says in the scripture that wives are to submit to their husbands. They are to respect them. It doesn't even say wives are to love their husbands. It says husbands love your wives, but it says wives be submissive to your husbands. Why? Because husbands receive love out of respect and out of submission to them. And it shows that you trust them and that you rely on them. And that makes men feel good because that's what they were created to do is provide and to protect when women essentially begin to quote unquote wear the pants in the family and they take over and they demasculize men, right? Men are no longer masculine. Women are no longer feminine. Now the men are feminine and the women are masculine. There's a huge problem. It's, it's a role reversal. And I've talked about this before. Submission is allowing your husbands to lead. Submission is allowing your husband to be a man, to wear the pants in the family, to make the major decisions. Allow him to provide, allow him to protect, allow him to lead. That is what submission is about. 
people hear the word submissive and they auto, or submission, they automatically think that we are a slave to our husbands. And some husbands take advantage of that and they treat us as slaves. That is not what submission means in a marriage. In a healthy, ya-ordained marriage, that is not what submission means. So again, submission is another big one in marriage where people have a lot of false doctrine and teaching surrounding it. And if you have any questions, wives, women, please come to me and I'd be happy to explain more to you. Because there's way too many false doctrines and false teachings and errors that are going on surrounding submission. And again, for some reason in our, in our country, that is the first thing that comes to everybody's mind when they hear about submission. That it means that we have to be a slave to our husbands. No. The whole thing about a healthy marriage is that both spouses have respect for one another and they love one another. And it's really as simple as that. It really, really is when it's a healthy relationship. If there's abuse in the relationship, toxicity or whatever, that's a different story. So I hope that that makes sense. I really wanted to talk about these six things that really are the biggest things in marriage that I'm hearing a lot of false doctrines and a lot of false teachings surrounding these areas about marriage. Okay, so again, the name it, claim it doctrine, it's false, okay? The whole polygamy thing, that's false, all right? The whole thing of the first person you sleep with becomes your spouse, that's false. Divorce and remarriage, there's a lot of false doctrine and teaching and understandings surrounding that. The whole, you look for somebody and then when you marry them, they become the right one for you and they become your soulmate. That's false. Okay. And submission. There's a lot of false doctrines and teachings and understandings surrounding submission that are false and in error. Okay. If you have any questions surrounding any of these six topics that I've mentioned tonight, please, please feel free to email me and I would love to talk with you more and discuss these things. Uh, If it's that you need help understanding it a little bit more or you need me to clarify something or whatever that it is, please email me at byhisgracemarriage at gmail.com. I'd be happy to discuss that with you. I will begin counseling again by his grace and by his will November 1st. So if you're someone new that is interested in trying out counseling and just coming and sharing things with me and talking and giving advice and things like that, please feel free to reach out to me. Again, I don't charge for counseling and I never will charge for counseling. So, and I've had a few people email me how much I charge. I don't charge. This is a ministry minded purpose. I would never charge anybody to help them. Okay. So that is it. I'm going to end there. And again, just a real quick reminder, I will be starting the boundaries series next week after the last day of Sukkot, which is Wednesday, which also happens to be a Shabbat. So I'm hoping after that, y'all willing, there's not too much going on. I will be starting that first episode to that series. <laughs> so I'm excited to do that series. I look forward to it and I pray that it's a blessing and source of encouragement to many. So, all right, that's it. Thank you all so much for listening. And I will talk with you in my next episode. Shalom.